Music of Joy with Hey Nira Malama. And you're listening to the Sahaj Yoga Meditation Program. And this is Gillian Patanka. Today, as I mentioned before, is a very, very special day. And uh, we have the Music of Joy with us in the studio and also members of the radio team. And uh, we're going to be having a very special program for you today with... Um, um, a talk by Srimadaji Nimala Devi, a radio interview actually in Hong Kong and uh, lots of music from the Music of Joy. And more about why it's special a little bit later on in the program. But first we're going to actually tell you just a little bit about Sahaja Yoga for those who are, who are new um, to listening to this program. Sahaja Yoga is a very, very unique form of meditation because it's a meditation that actually awakens an energy that exists within all human beings. This energy exists at the base of your spine. It's called the Kundalini and it resides in the sacrum bone in three and a half coils. It's a dormant energy within us all and it's just waiting to give us our own spiritual connection to our own inner being. It's the energy of our evolution and it's the energy that will take us beyond our mind and beyond our emotions into the next level of consciousness, into the state of the spirit, to the realm of the spirit. And for that all you need is a desire, a desire to want to know who you are, why you are here on this earth, why we exist and what is, what is going to satisfy that, that need to know the answers to these questions within your being. And for that you need some kind of an experience, something that you can verify for yourself that's not just emotional and that's not just intellectual that you can experience on your central nervous system and this is what we call self-realization is the awakening of this energy it rises up through your spinal cord pierces the seven energy centers placed along the cord and comes out through the top of your head as a cool breeze and when you put your hand above your head you can actually feel it and when this happens you go into the present moment and into the state of meditation and then everything starts to work out for you. And the founder of Sahaja Yoga is a lady called Srimataji Nimala Devi. And she is the person who has travelled around the world teaching us about Sahaja Yoga, teaching us how to raise this Kundalini energy, teaching us of all the knowledge that goes with understanding the qualities of all these energy centres. So later on in the program you're going to have the opportunity to experience this self-realisation and to have a very deep meditation and all you need is the desire to have it but before we go any further we're going to listen to a lovely piece of music it's very very joyful from the music of joy and it's called JJ Bolo Nimal Ganeshaki so sit back relax and enjoy
was the music of joy with JJ Bolo Nimal Ganeshaki and it's so beautiful it just fills you with joy this is a short poem by Lao Tse called the valley spirit the spirit of the valley never dies it is called the mystic female the door of the mystic female is the root of heaven and earth continuously continuously it seems to remain draw upon it and it serves you with ease Lao Tse this is the feminine aspect within us this is the power of the spirit of evolution of our Kundalini it's the mothering quality within us and in the studio also with me today I have as I said before some of the radio team Brian and Jean-Michel and Madhavi. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> you know them all. <laughs> we would love to um, announce something very special today, something that's um, very close to our hearts. 
and that is that um, we would like on behalf of the radio team to welcome to Australia someone very very special excuse me <laughs> we would like to welcome Shumata Shunimala Devi we would like to welcome Shumataji Nimala Devi to Australia. We have had the great, enormous pleasure of um, having her company here. She has just arrived in Australia and she will be staying in Australia for, for a few weeks. And um, it is a very momentous occasion for, for everyone, not only in Sahaja Yoga, but for everyone in Australia as well. This is um, an extraordinary blessing for us all. And we hope that you will all take an opportunity to um, take advantage of her being here. Because on a subtle level, it's very, very significant. And you will have an opportunity, those of you who have already had your realization or about to get your realization, to go very, very deep within your own being, to develop your spirituality and to experience things at a level that you've never experienced them before. And so, again, we would like to welcome Shumataji to Australia, and from our hearts, we thank her with all our our love and devotion. Uh, it's qu it's quite interesting. Knowledge of Sahaja Yoga arrived in Australia in 1980, mm -hmm. and in 1981, Shumataji herself came, and she held seven programs in Sydney and three in Melbourne. And over the years, she has returned here again and again and again, and she travels around the world. And during those travels, she has produced a vast library of audio and videotapes, mm -hmm. which we draw on in this program regularly, and which cover all aspects of, of, of the life of the body and the life of the spirit. Shirataji brings to us and has brought to Australia over the last 25 years now uh, a, a sense of wonder, the possibility of fulfillment, and all the information that is necessary to develop that fulfillment, to develop a oneness with the spirit, to open the heart, and for all those gifts, we not only welcome Shumataji back again, but we thank her. Yes, we do, absolutely. Uh, it happens that uh, this morning when we, I knew I was going to, to come to this program, and I just ha happened to open a book written by a Sahaja Yogi who has collected some some kind of prophecies and predictions about the the advent of the mother in our time. And um, the advent of the mother has been felt and prophesied by men and women from different parts of the world. And I've got a few of them uh, from the 19th century. The first one is from Vladimir Solovyev, a Russian philosopher. And he said, let it be known, today the eternal feminine in an incorruptible body is descending on to earth. In this unfading light of the new goddess, heaven has become one with the depth. And I'll read you another one from a French theosophist, Lady Ketnes, The Mystery of the Ages. It was generally considered at the end of the next century that the next divine incarnation was about to come to earth 
and would be female. The advent of divine wisdom, the Theosophia, and that the present age would be the, the age of, manka, uh, of making known all that which has been kept secret from the beginning. And another one from an English theosophist called Anna Kingsford. The word which, had, which shall come to save the world shall be uttered by a woman. A woman shall conceive and shall bring forth the tidings of salvation. And I will read you another one later. <laughs> this is beautiful, Jean-Michel. It's true that um, it's such a special day, as you were saying, Jillian. It's just like unbelievable. And the nature around yeah. is just like feeling it and expressing it. And maybe some of you must f might feel different this morning. And there is so much joy. And you can feel it on the earth. The earth is just like bubbling with joy. And mm -hmm. we, can, we just talk about vibrations because we feel with this meditation, the vibrations flowing in our hands, the cool breeze on the top of our head. And it's just like amazingly strong this morning. And there is this amazing joy. And uh, when Shimadaji arrived, it was just like the wind was blowing and then a very gentle rain just, you know, just, it was just so special. We could really feel that the whole nature of Australia was responding to Shimadaji's arrival. And we, as you say, we feel very blessed. We are very blessed. And, and everyone has an opportunity to feel that too. So please really try to go deep. And for the next six weeks in Australia, you can really, really find your own inner, inner being and your own inner spirit. We're now going to listen to a talk by Shumataji Nimala Devi. It's a radio interview with her in Hong Kong and she covers many, many things. So just sit back, relax, put your hands on your lap with the palms upwards and try and feel inside your own being, inside yourself, Feel your spirit, feel the vibrations, feel the joy and the love that is pouring out of everywhere today. Mataji, from the information I've read about you, you were born in India a Christian. Yes. How was that? I mean, I was just born a Christian, that's all. There couldn't be very many Christian Indian families in that country. No, there are lots of Christians. Apart from that, with a purpose, I was born a Christian. Which part of India do you truly come from? Just the center of India, absolutely the central point. Mm -hmm. Is there anything specific do you think about this being the central point? Uh, it is the central point because I have to be in the center to do my job. And that's why I was born in the center of India. When you were a child though, being born in the center of India, did that mean anything to you as a young girl, say? I didn't know that it was a center or anything to be discussed about it because I knew what uh, my mission was, what I was to do. And I, was, I knew I would be born at the right point where I have to be born. So I took all these things for granted because I knew this was to be, so I knew this very well. How old were you when you realized that you had this mission? All my life. It's just like as you realize uh, you are a human being, as in the same way, I knew that I was to do all this. I knew I was different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did you start fulfilling this mission ever since you can remember? 
Yes, of course. I mean, <coughs> I knew I had healing powers and I knew I had curing powers. I knew I could trace the Kundalini, all that I knew. But I wanted to do something by which I knew all the permutations and combinations of the problems of human beings. That's how I would study that. And uh, I wanted to find out a proper time when I could find out a method by which a mass happening could happen, by which one could achieve it. And on the 5th of May, <coughs> I was sitting next near the sea where I decided that it should happen. And it worked out that it's a <coughs> the last center, as we call it, the last center, where the limbic area is placed. You see, above that resides the opening for the divine. What we call in among in uh, say in the Bible is baptism. The baptism that we have is just a sort of a ritual. It's not the real baptism. The real baptism is that when this residual force within us, called as Kundalini, when it rises and pierces this area, fontanel bone area, which is a soft bone when you are a child, that time is the real baptism. And this baptism was to be achieved. But I wanted to make a way by which we could achieve a mass uh, happening of this, a mass. Because you see, if it happened to one person, say Christ was a realized soul, a great, he was an incarnation, according to me, he was the son of God, no doubt. But nobody recognized him. And when he tried to uh, explain to them, they would not understand because he was at such a height that people could not understand what he was seeing, what he was talking about. And ultimately, what a stupid thing it was to, and I said, absolutely, it was very, very wrong to crucify a man of that caliber who was nothing but the incarnation. Mm. So it was on the 5th of May of which particular year that you 1970. Decided? Let's go back to when you were a child. Was there anything special about the way you were brought up that might have very geared much, you? Very from? much. From my very childhood, I mean, when I was to be conceived by my mother only, they told me lots of things what happened to my mother and she dreamt of so many things. But one of the main thing, one of the uh, very remarkable ones which I remember now is this, that she, <coughs> she wanted to go and see a tiger when she was eight months pregnant and my fa father said, it's funny that you want to go and see a tiger at uh, this uh, advanced stage of pregnancy. But she said, no, I must go and see a tiger. So my father was a big, well-known hunter, Shikari in those days, and one of the Rajas sent him a word saying that there's a man-eater perhaps in the forest and we would like you to come and help us. So he said, see, now I have got a message and I have to go. And my mother said, all right, if you have to go, I'm coming with you. She said, how will you come in this day? She said, no, I must come, I must see the tiger moving. Then uh, he went there and she also, and they, we use a kind of a <coughs> platform on, a, on top. They build it up on top of a tree, which is called as Machan. And these, uh, uh, all these villagers, you see, they drive the uh, animal towards the hunter. And my father and mother always sitting on top of the Machan. And suddenly my mother saw the big, huge tiger. My father said he had never seen such a big one before. And just coming in the moonlight and walking very stealthily in his own grace and dignity. And my mother was so enamored, you see. 
that uh, she just looked at it and she was so happy as if her child is seen or what. She felt very happy, she said. Then my father wanted to kill the animal. She said, no, if you kill the animal, I'm going to jump out of it here, this place. You are not going to kill the animal. And they said that the tiger disappeared. They don't know where the tiger went away. So my father knew that it would be some sort of a powerful personality that is going to be born. And my father, being a realized soul, also knew that I was something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. What about when you were actually a child, though? Did they treat you as something very special and teach you maybe some even special things to help you fulfill this mission of yours? No, not like that. You see, it was a very free sort of a expression of a personality which people accepted because I was extremely loving, compassionate, generous. And I was a unique type of a person as a child and so they knew she was different, that's all. But uh, only thing I would say that my father understood me much better because he was a realized soul and he, when I grew up a little more then he told me that no use talking about it to anyone because they will never understand. You must first of all find out a method by which uh, you get an Amas realization. That is your work as you know. And so unless until you find that, uh, there's no use talking about it because you'll create another Quran or Bible, what's the use? You must give them an experience, otherwise they will never understand uh, any one of us. Did you continue this idea of yours of uh, trying to get this mass experience going through your work with Mahatma Gandhi? No, no, that time it was different, it was an emergency. Of course, in, uh, in a small way I contributed also because he loved me very much, he used to call me Nepali, you see. Nepali is our face, you see. The Chinese face is Nepali face, you see, that because I have broad state. And uh, he always used to call me Nepali. <coughs> he loved me very much. But he was a man born for an emergency <coughs> when our country was to be politically independent. And that was his thing. But one thing I must say, though he was a political leader, and a political leader need not worry about spirit and religion and all that, but he considered our country to be a, a land of yoga. And he always based his all th theories and philosophies and also his uh, activities on the fiber that was India, that the fiber is where very religious people and to understand what is religion is and how to uh, create an atmosphere of satisfaction in the people. So he had that within him, but he didn't talk of realization that time. And as a just uh, I was just was a little child of seven years, you see. So I used to play about with him and he was very fond of oranges, so I would make some orange juice for him and give him orange juice and this and that. And he used to discuss with me sometimes small, small things, you know. And I remember once I told him that, why do you make everybody get up so early? If you want to get up, you can get up, but why do you make everyone get up early? He said, but you get up very early. I said, it's all right for me, but everybody cannot get up very early. He said, no, they must be made to get up. So I said, but why should we make them do that? He said that, you see, just now we are uh, in passing through crisis. We have to fight the British and we have to get our independence. And if people are lethargic, then how are we going to do it? So we have to be disciplined, you see. So he said, we must have discipline, otherwise it won't be all right. And then I told him that a day will come when we'll have our inner discipline. That would be much better. So he knew I was a very wise person, used to 
loved me and also respect me. But in a very, uh, I should say, in a very, very fatherly manner. And uh, he would discuss things with me, which was, uh, I would say, he impressed me by, for, by many things. Uh, one of them is his sense of integrity, sense of integrity with himself. You see. He was absolutely honest to himself. That's something so great about him, which I appreciated. He never cheated himself. This is the greatest thing about him. Is, and in money matters, in anything, he was so integrated. Uh, whatever he said, he did. He criticized himself, he looked at himself, he watched himself. But for him, realization was not the problem. That was not the problem at that time. The problem was different. But after, after independence, we should have taken to realization. That was the main problem we had. But after realization, we, start, we had problems of, uh, say, partition and other things. And the diversion of the whole attention, the whole nation, you see, was on the wrong things. We had to solve this problem and solve that problem. And nobody thought of realization at the time. Normally, it should be so. How much do you think Mahatma Gandhi influenced the way you developed your Sahaja Yoga, your, your way of thinking now, your technique maybe? You see, it was no question of influence because, you see, this is another realm I'm talking about. Sahaja Yoga takes you to another realm where these problems do not exist. You see, you work out with divine power, not with human powers, but you work out with divine power. And divine power are tremendous and they work out everything in such a smooth manner that there was no need to use all these human powers, I think, personally. But uh, his main contrib uh, contribution, I think, was to establish uh, balance in people. Balancing people was the thing that he brought in and make them more Indian and, and to take out all the slavish mentalities that had trickled down into us to make us feel our self-respect. All these things were there. But the realm in which I was was very different from his. So the question of influence doesn't come in. But I would say that uh, certain things uh, were influenced. Uh, I would say I, the, uh, my choice of, say, uh, different um, prayers. I told him according to the centers within us and I didn't tell him these are according, but I said you put this first and then this one and this one and he said all right, it's a good idea and he changed the sequence like that. But uh, it was so smooth and so uh, silently done that it was not made obvious to people that in any way we had any report on these things. Nor did he ever ask me about spirit, nor did he ever meditate. He did not meditate because he, he was not realized. He was not realized at that time. He was not a realized soul. And his main attention was for this and he will be born again and he'll be realized because he was a great soul, no doubt. He was very, very great. I mean, uh, he was extremely great as a human being. But realization is very different. It's another realm into which human beings, the awareness is different. And his meditation was just to ponder about things and to guide oneself and all that he was there. Mm -hmm. But not the kind of uh, meditation I talk of where you become thoughtlessly aware. It's a different dimension in your awareness. Is this then what self-realization is mean? What you mean by a realized soul? Yes. Self-realization means when the self, 
which is talked about in all the scriptures and all that, starts emitting its manifestation in our conscious mind. Means that time we become aware of it, the, to this extent that our central nervous system starts recording the power of our spirit, of our Self, and we start feeling the breeze-like uh, vibrations of the Spirit, which is called as in the Bible as the cool breeze of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Music of Joy are now going to sing a song called Yogava. And here's a translation of some of the words. These um, words are based on the translation by Sri Mataji herself. Formless, attributeless, O Bhavani, you have manifested. So, O Mother Kundalini, you rise, you rise, you rise. To kill all the false prophets. O Mother, you rise, you rise, you rise. Take your devotees to their salvation. That's why you rise, O Mother. Mother, we ask for self-realization. So you rise, O Mother Kundalini. You rise, 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 ho! Now I will fill up my little basket with the complete blooming flowers of knowledge. All the bad ideas that come into my mind, I will take them over to you and throw them into the sea. And there are two horrible creatures within me. One is the lust and the other is the anger. These two terrible things I throw away. That's how I'm going to make my central path clean. Mother, we ask for self-realization. So you rise, O Mother Kundalini. You rise. Rise, 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 ho! And here's the music for joy, singing that.
please close your eyes, not very tightly, and till I tell you, please don't open your eyes. Please put your right hand on your heart. Here, you have to ask me a very fundamental question about yourself. Three questions, three times. Three times you have to ask. You can call me Mother or you can call me Shri Mataji, whatever you like. So ask a question, Mother, am I the Spirit? Please ask this question in your heart three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? All right. You are the Spirit, then you are your Master. So now please take your right hand on top of your center, which is placed in the upper portion of your abdomen, on the left hand side. Now press it there and ask another fundamental question, Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times. I've already told you that I respect your freedom and I cannot force pure Divine knowledge on you. You have to ask for it. So take your right hand in the lower portion of your abdomen on the left hand side and here you have to ask six times because this center has got six petals. <coughs> Mother, please give me pure Divine knowledge. Ask six times. Mother, please give me pure Divine knowledge. As soon as you ask this question, the Kundalini starts rising. So now we have to nourish the higher centers with our self-confidence. Raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left hand side. Here you have to say with full self-confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own Master. Please say this ten times with full confidence. I have already told you at the very outset that 
that you are not this body, this mind, these emotions, this intelligence, this ego and conditionings, but you are the pure spirit. So now raise your right hand on the left hand side on your heart and here you have to say with full confidence again twelve times, Mother, I am the pure spirit. Mother, I am the pure spirit. Please say this twelve times. I have told you that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, ocean of compassion, ocean of bliss. But above all it is the ocean of forgiveness and whatever mistakes you have committed can be easily dissolved by it. So please forgive yourself and put your right hand in the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to say again with full confidence sixteen times, Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say this, Mother, I am not guilty at all. Please say it sixteen times. I have already explained that whether you forgive or you don't forgive, you don't do anything. <coughs> but if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. And at this moment especially, you should forgive so that this Agya Chakra, which is a very constricted center, will open out. So here, now you put your right hand on top of your forehead and put it down. Put it down, put down your head, please. Here you have to say, <coughs> not how many times, but from your heart you have to say, Mother, I forgive everyone. And don't think about the people whom you have to forgive. Just say, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. Don't think about them. I find this is the most constricted center here. Please, please forgive, otherwise you'll miss the point. From your heart, just say, Now please take your right hand on the back side of your head and push back your head. This is the center where you have to ask forgiveness from the divine power, without feeling guilty, without counting your mistakes, just for your satisfaction. So here you say again from the heart, not how many times, O oh, Divine Power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong, 
knowingly or unknowingly. O Divine Power, please forgive me if I have done anything wrong, knowingly or unknowingly. Say it from your heart, not how many times is not the point. Now, stretch your palm fully and put it, the center of your palm, on the fontanelle bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now press back your fingers as far as possible. And with the pressure move your scalp. But before doing that, please put down your head. Now here, <coughs> again, I cannot force self-realization on you. You have to ask for it. So move your hand so that you move the scalp well with a pressure, saying seven times, Mother, please give me Self-realization. Move it clockwise, slowly. Push back your fingers, push back your fingers. Now take down your hands and slowly open your eyes, please. Now put both the hands towards me like Now, please put down your head and see for yourself with the sorry, with the left hand first. See with the left hand if there's a cool or a hot breeze coming out of your fontanelle bone area. It may be very close to your head, but it should, should be above, not on top. Your hand should be above. Please bend your head. Or some people get it very far also. Whichever way you move your hand and see for yourself. Now, please put the left hand towards me. You have to bend your head, otherwise it doesn't show well. Please put the left hand towards me and put down your head and see if there's a cool or a hot breeze-like sensation or energy coming out of your head. Just see yourself. Put down your head, put down, otherwise you won't feel it. Now, please put the right hand, okay? If you have not forgiven, it would be very hot, so please forgive. Now bend your head again and forgive and see if there's a cool breeze or a hot breeze coming out of your fontanelle bone area. Please remain seated. Keep your hands on your lap, palms up. The amazing things with Sahaja Yoga meditation is that you can pray for yourself to go deeper, but also for the whole world. So within ourselves, we can just pray our Divine Mother inside, our own Kundalini, we can pray Shimadaji. Please give us absolute innocence and wisdom. Please give us Divine creative knowledge. Please give us peace inside us.
Please give love inside us. Please give us a good character. Please give love for the whole world inside us. Please give us sweetness. Please keep us in balance. Please mix the drop of our individual self into the ocean of your love. Please remove all imbalances from inside us. Please make us large-hearted. In the whole world, there should be a rule of love for that. Let our spirit shine. Let this mind and heart work for that. If you think mind, think of all beautiful things. Work for all beautiful things. Speak about beautiful things. Just keep your attention on the top of your head. And we're just going to play, um, hear from the music of joy. The um, last of the three mantras for the um, seventh center where you're in meditation now. that you've enjoyed today's program and for those of you that have just joined us we would like to also say again that today on behalf of all the Sajogis of Australia we are welcoming Srimataji Nimala Devi to our country with her family and we all wish that you would meditate and go deep within yourselves and take great opportunity of this special occasion and we thank Srimataji for coming to our country and we thank her family for coming to Australia as well to be with us all. I'd like to thank the Music of Joy for coming in and for the wonderful music and um, Brian and Jean-Michel and Madhavi and Lawrence and John on the panel. Thank you. <laughs> and I think some of them are going to say a few more words. Um, we'll go out with another piece from the Music of Joy <coughs> called Kindle My Heart. And... Uh, Again, take this opportunity to go deep within yourselves. The website is www.freemeditation.com. That's www.freemeditation.com. Oh, just a quick one. Uh, <laughs> another prediction from an English singer, Cat Stevens. Don't you feel the day is coming and it won't be too soon when the people of the world can all live in one room when we shake off the ancient, shake off the ancient chains of our tomb. We will all be born again of the eternal womb. Joshua Matthew. Joshua Matthew.